that bitch. Been that bitch, still that bitch. Will forever be that bitch. Forever be that bitch. <laughs> yeah. I'm the hood, Mona Lisa, break a nigga into pieces. Had to ex some cheesy niggas out my circle like a pizza. I'm way too exclusive, I don't shop on Insta boutiques. All them little ass clothes only fit fake booties. Bad bitch, still talking cash shit. Pussy like water, I'm a mother and relaxing. I would never trip on a nigga if I had him. Bitch, that's my trash, you the maid, so you bagged him. I'm a savage. Classy, bougie, ratchet. Sassy, moody, nasty. What up, though? This is episode 204 of the iHeartMiko podcast. Today is March 12, 2020. Joining me, per usual, is my assistant pimp, Hustle, joining the show. Thank you for joining, Hustle. I got some baby powder over here, too. I got some baby powder over here. <laughs> Tell me where to go. Oh, man. And joining us for the first time, the author of the Education. Med- the author of Medication Over Vegetation, Dr. Bobby Price, is joining us today. Thank you for joining, Bobby. Oh, no problem at all. Glad to be on the show. I'm an avid watcher and listener. Yes. So, so I, I, I gotta educate. I gotta educate my listeners on you before I get to diving in because you know whenever. Sorry, and also joining me is my- no, let her know. <laughs> Aiden Grimes, who's, if you're not watching the video, you can't see him, but Aiden is here. Say hi, Aiden. Hello. How are you today? Very good. Are you happy that I pulled you out of school? Yes. Yes? Are you happy that I pulled you out of tennis? No. But do you understand now? After today, you sulk, you cry, you didn't talk to me. After I explained it to you, do you understand now why I pulled you out of tennis? Yes. Why? Wash your hands and all the dirty. People are dirty. Balls are just fine. It's the people touching the balls that are dirty, especially the dirty little kids like you. You buy into it. So you hide. You hide. He's, he's salty, but you know, I told him it's a temporary thing. It's a temporary to say. Let's ask the doctor. We're going we to get it. Those questions before we start talking to Bobby. Aiden, don't you have something you need to do? You don't have anywhere to go? Go in your room, Aiden. What Hold up. You said. <laughs> I said for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> A conversation or something, at least. All right, so let's get into um, informing my listeners of who Bobby is because I hate when I watch TV and I see all these famous doctors on TV, and I'm not a doctor, but I know that the things that they're saying is bullshit. So I would like Bobby to introduce himself to my listeners so that they can have uh, an opinion on his opinion of what we're about to talk about. So Bobby, please educate my listeners on your journey um, as a doctor? Yeah, so um, I sort of began with, I, uh, I graduated pharmacy school, so I'm a doctor of pharmacy. I've worked for the FDA. I've worked in the hospital as a clinic clinician. I've worked there also as a nutritionist. Um, I sort of 
adopted a plant-based diet and healed myself of high blood pressure and it sort of sent me on this spiral of trying to learn more about natural medicine. And so I ended up moving to Japan to study a group of people there who lived to 100, no disease, and um, eat primarily a plant-based diet. I lived there for three years. Then after living there, I went to Thailand, China, which we'll be talking about today, uh, India, several countries in um, you know, Africa, Peru, Honduras, just studying holistic medicine where spiritual gurus, herbalists, so forth and so on. And then I came back here where I wrote the book, Education Over Medication, where I basically teach people how to eat to live and how to use food as medicine. So uh, that's pretty much my background. Um, we'll be talking a little bit today about the coronavirus. And so that kind of gives you some background on what my expertise is. Again, I've worked for the FDA I've worked also for food companies. I've also worked in a hospital more extensively than all the other places. And so um, I think I have a unique position given that I've traveled all over the world and, you know, have this background. You hear Beijing want to get on the podcast now too. She want to play with her. So, <laughs> so after seeing how the cost was made, you decided to leave that form of medicine and be a holistic doctor. And is that because, because I, I tell a lot of people all the time, like, I don't just listen to doctors. I feel like doctors are people who took tests, memorized information, and just do what they're told. And is yeah. say that that's an accurate definition of a doctor? Because um, <laughs> I have to include myself in that definition, but loosely, yes. And what, um, let me explain what part is right about that. When you become a healthcare professional, there are certain guidelines and things that you have in your toolbox that you can use. So let's say for instance, if somebody has diabetes, there's a treatment algorithm for them, meaning I can only use what's inside of this treatment box. I can't use anything that's not in there. So if I were to say as a healthcare practitioner, Instead of giving you metformin and insulin, which they would typically give a diabetic, that instead I'm going to give you kale and sea moss, then I could possibly uh, render myself, you know, you know, open to malpractice. Mm. So unfortunately, the real issue is that doctors have a very limited toolbox that they can pull things from. So quite often when you're going to ask us about questions about nutrition, we don't have to take those classes. You understand? So we really can't speak from that. So when you're asking your doctor about nutrition, you're literally asking a layman. You see what I'm understand? And if you ask them about herbs, you're asking a layman. Anything that they learn, they learn on their own. Uh, if indeed that they felt that they needed to learn that. So, um, in a sense, you are right, meaning, you know, a lot of them are regurgitating only what they have in their toolbox and only what is going to make sure like they have, they don't open themselves up to malpractice. And so that's the limitation of being a healthcare professional is that you can only pull from this toolbox that has about four things in it. It has drugs, 
It has chemo, uh, which is a little bit different but, than drugs, but it's essentially the same thing. Radiation and surgery. Like those are the four things that quite often that they'll pull from that toolbox. Mm. Everything else is outside of that toolbox. So um, unfortunately, that's why you get regurgitation. When you go from one doctor to the next, they'll say the same thing because the treatment algorithm will be the same. It doesn't matter who the person is. You don't look at what their lifestyle factors are, what their genetics are, you know, what they ate this morning, uh, whether they eat a, a healthy plant-based diet or whether they eat a, a shit standard American diet. You don't consider those things quite often. So, so, so what you said, uh, Dr. Price, is when anything, when someone comes to you with issues, you can't go outside the box. If you say anything outside the box of that, you can be sued, is what you're saying. Well, yes. Uh, what I mean by that is, of course, like, people have had their doctors say, hey, you need to eat healthy, right? Um, but quite often, if I need to treat you, like if I'm using this as my standard of treatment, then the treatment has to be within side of that toolbox. If it's not with like, for instance, if it's a cancer patient and you decide not to give them chemo, not to give them radiation, not to give them the surgery to remove it and say that you're going to, you're going to be doing juicing and some other herbals. You have opened yourself up to malpractice. Okay. Makes sense. Like now the patient can come back and say, hey, the cancer got worse and you told me to juice and you told me to, you know, take this sea moss and this burdock and I didn't get better and it's your fault. They will be liable for that. So quite often they won't give you those answers. They won't give you anything that's not in the toolbox. Wow. Okay. So this is, you're the, the perfect person. I've been waiting for the opportunity to have you on. Unfortunately, we had to wait for COVID-19, is that what it's called? COVID-19 to happen for yeah. us to get you on here. Um, for those of you that don't know, Bobby is an avid sports fan as well. Uh, Laker fan. Y'all see it. Lakers. <laughs> we out here. And so um, this is a great opportunity. This this episode is going to be a lot of education. We're going to try. We're going to have a little fun with it as well. But I want to dive right into the virus and discuss it. Um, and the first question that I want you to answer for my listeners is: What is the coronavirus? Okay, uh, and that is a really a big question because the the thing is, most people think that coronavirus itself is new. But there's over 400 different coronaviruses and we've experienced coronaviruses in the past. We had SARS in 2002, SARS, which is the severe acute respiratory syndrome. That was in 2002, it was an outbreak. Everybody was afraid of that. Globally, it killed between 1,000 and 2,000 people. We had MERS, which is the Middle East Respiratory Syndrome. It's an acronym. Uh, That happened in 2012. Okay, that's also another coronavirus. Um, And then today we had COVID-19. Now COVID is coronavirus disease, COVID-19. They discovered it in December of 2019. So that's why they call it COVID-19. 
this is another strain of the coronavirus. So there's over 400 different strains and they all come from animals. So that's the source. All of them come from animals, but only seven of them can actually be transmitted into humans. So I named a couple the SARS, the MERS, and of course this COVID-19 is the new strain that's out right now. Okay. And um, how is it spread? Because I'm, you know, there's a lot of stuff on TV. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Is that the only way it's spread? Like, can you be clean, wash your hands often, not touch your face, and still get the virus? Because I believe you can get it through ingesting the same air, or close contact with other people. Is that also true? Yeah, very true. So um, yes. Uh, so the people who are wearing the surgical mask and the surgical mask are the masks that come on and you can see it flap on the side so it's still breathing. Mm -hmm. And so you literally can walk by somebody who just coughed and who has the coronavirus and you can breathe it in through the mask because that mask is a surgical mask. It was made for surgeons. And so the whole premise of that mask is so the surgeon doesn't drip into the patient as they have them open and they're operating on them. It is not... It's not to prevent air from coming in. That's right. not what it's for. So wearing that mask will not prevent you from getting the COVID-19. Um, things like washing your hands and, you know, that does help. But again, like, think of it like this. You can wash your hands until they're ashy. But if you walk by the same person and you breathe in the same air, you still can contract the virus that way as well. Wow. Sick. So is it true that once you get the virus, you can develop immunity to it? So it's best to get it. Okay. Well, that's actually true for all viruses. Um, I mean, just think about it. Like, I remember being a kid and you know, my cousins will get like measles or chicken pops and my grandmother would send me in the room to sleep with them intentionally to get the chicken pops or the measles so then I could get it and then be immune to it. That's how our immune system works. And that's how it works with most viruses. The only caveat with that is this, people who are immune compromised, um, that that they will probably end up getting a very severe form of chicken pox, measles, or the coronavirus. So then they will have the severe symptoms. Make sense? Yes. Now, if somebody has a healthy immune system, that's exactly what, what's going to happen. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing that a lot with people who have the coronavirus but have absolutely no symptoms. Those people have been exposed to the strain. The immune system has identified it. It's created antibodies to it. And now when they see that virus again, their immune system is prepared for it, so they won't actually have any symptoms. So yes, it does create immunity by actually being exposed to it. And that's actually the way that vaccines supposedly work. What they do is they give you a weakened form of the virus, and that weakened form goes into your system. Quite often, even that weakened form can cause you to have some sort of symptoms, like taking the flu shot. A lot of people who take the flu shot end up getting the flu. You understand? And when they get that flu, whatever that strain is for that year, because every year the strain that they create for the flu shot is going to be different. Mm -hmm. They create an immunity for it. 
You understand? So yes, we, we do create immunity when we're exposed to viruses, if we have a strong enough immune system. One of my biggest concerns is that um, this virus is going to create uh, forced um, vaccinating or martial law. Um, I'm not a vaxxer. Uh, I imagine since you're plant-based, you're not um, pro-vaccine. Do you think that that's something that we should be worried about, a forced vaccination type of situation just because the, the, the sophomore hmm. and the shitter people are, are in our country, even though we only have 41 deaths and technically 24 of them have been in one nursing home, so technically 17 isolated deaths. Do you think that because the number of deaths and, and um, cases is rising in our country faster than other countries, do you see us trying to panic and do some type of forced vaccination at some point? Um, it's hard to say. I'm not one of those people who kind of prognose those sort of, sort of things, but what I can say is that I work with a lot of mothers who are sort of you know, they want their children to be plant-based and they're anti-vax. And so they're always asking me, like, for advice in terms of, like, how do they navigate those waters when their children do get sick and they take them in the hospital? And one of the first questions they always ask with children, are they vaccinated? Mm -hmm. And so I'm always trying to help them navigate those waters because it's very tricky, man, because a lot, a lot of times... What we see is I've seen parents actually end up, you know, getting the police called on them. Yeah. So it's tricky. Um, so do I foresee that? It's possible. Yeah. It's very possible. And that's that's pretty scary, especially with the current leadership we have in America. So yeah. A lot of people on social media cracking jokes and like, oh, if you're black, you, you can't get it. Nobody in Africa is really getting it. And then I see a lot of other people who I look up to who are plant-based saying, oh, if you're plant-based, you're not going to get it. All you got to do is taking your vitamin C and some water. And, and, you know what I'm saying? Like, what are the truths behind that? Yeah. Um, the truth of the matter is there are certain risk factors that put you at risk. And those risk factors include being elderly uh, because the elderly often are immune compromised. The elderly often have comorbid states. So they have multiple disease states um, and they have, um, you know, just weakened immune system. So um, younger children, because their immune systems are still developing. Uh, also people with pre-existing conditions. So like, if you have a previous condition like asthma, emphysema, because COVID-19 is a respiratory infection. Okay, so pre-existing conditions of the, uh, the lungs. And then also uh, what we see is people who sort of uh, smoke. Again, it's a respiratory illness. Make sense? So you have to understand like in China, where everything began or ground zero, smoking is still publicized. Like you can still do commercials, billboards, like the, a vast majority of people smoke there. Yeah. So, 
in places where people smoke and they have compromised lungs, they have these resins that develop on the lungs, which develops mucus. When they get a respiratory infection, it's going to be severe for them. So those are the things that, you know, when people are saying things like, hey, I'm plant-based, you know, I don't have to worry about this. Um, I, would, I would say you have to look at all those other factors too. And then also just because you're plant-based, it doesn't mean that, you know, a lot of people are vegan junkies. Like they eat a lot of junk food. Yeah. They're not eating plants. Eat Oreos. Right. And Doritos. And just because it's vegan, meaning it doesn't have animal products in it, doesn't mean it's healthy. So, you know, um, that's not, it's not always true what they say. And also the thing about, you know, um, you know, black people not being able to contract it. Viruses have absolutely no discretion when it comes to race, the, 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 the presence or the lack there of melanin. Mm. And so um, I think what people were seeing is that the rate of infection in Africa was, you know, really low. And so people in Africa are exposed to the sun. And when you're exposed to the sun, you get a lot of vitamin D. And vitamin D plays a heavy role in, you know, our immune system. So um, everybody can be exposed to any virus. It doesn't matter if it's coronavirus or, you know, um, the flu. Uh, everybody can be exposed to it. So, one more question, and I'm gonna let Hudson get a question off that he has. So, what do you suggest everyone do? I mean, I took eight out of school. Uh, I took a tennis. <laughs> I'm quarantining us for the next four days just because I want to be safe and I don't want to spread it or get it because of course I don't feel that our lives are at risk to get the virus but I don't want to come down. I don't want to get it. I don't want the food. I don't want anything. What do you think right. that American people should do to um <clears throat> contracting as well as spreading coronavirus? Well I think I think the one of the biggest things and I put a video on YouTube one of the biggest things I was telling the people to do like is stop creating like this hysteria and pandemonium because when you start to create anxiety in your body, that's one of the things that lowers your immune system. Mm. So first of all, like chill out. There's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing worrying is going to do. Now taking precautions like you did is, smart it's just like the nba like they took precautions right mm -hmm. until they get new information and i think that's a smart thing to do it's like you take certain precautions especially if you're in that at-risk group that i talked about mm -hmm. and the other thing is is that you do things to make sure that you have a intact and strong immune systems because again antibiotics do not fight viruses no antibiotic fights viruses so you know if your child were to get something like an ear infection which would be viral quite often they'll still give them an antibiotic Rude. but yeah but it doesn't work like 
antibiotics do not work against viruses. So the only thing that truly fights against viruses is our own immune system. So the best way we can sort of build up our immune system is to make sure that we eat healthy and the healthiest foods are plants. Uh, so we want to make sure we get good plants in there that have a lot of fiber because the fiber feeds our gut bacteria and our gut bacteria actually creates 60 to 80% of our immunity in our bodies. Uh, stay hydrated, uh, keep our lungs clean uh, and, um, you know, just keep ourselves out of, you know, like at risk populations. And I think that's the best thing we could do with scenarios like this, because there's no way that anybody can 100% keep themselves like safe from anything, you know, like nobody's safe from death. Like it's inevitable. Uh, the same way nobody is safe from every virus that's going to occur. Like, you know, every year we have around about 12,000 to 79,000 deaths from influenza. And I was explaining that on my uh, page and somebody was like, there's no way we have that many deaths. But go to the CDC website and all you have to look up is, you know, um, you know, the influenza deaths from October 1st to February about 20th. We had a between 12 and 70, 79,000 deaths. And the reason why there's a range is because of the lack of testing. Uh, the same way we don't do a lot of testing here in America, like we didn't do a lot of testing for the coronavirus. Other countries, they're doing a lot of testing. So their numbers are a little bit more accurate there. You understand they have a larger po population to sample for from. Mm -hmm. Possibly. So, Question. His video went away. That's fine. He just got a phone call. That happens when your dumb ass be on your phone. Oh, that's 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 <laughs> what I'm talking to myself. Okay. Yes. Oh, my father. Okay. This is my question, Doctor Doctor Bobby Price. This is confusing to me. Okay. In two thousand one, was it, you said SARS? 2002. 2002 had a thousand, a thousand deaths? Between a thousand and one thousand deaths because of SARS. That was a major outbreak. It was the same sort of media coverage. Yeah, that sort of thing. That, that's what I'm saying. So this is what bothers me. I look at that in 2001 or even the one with the, the, the one with the mosquitoes was so-called. What was that with the, I don't oh, the know. The Zika virus? Yes. Yes. So what I'm saying is, all these things happened. Over a thousand people killed and everything. They didn't take any of this type of precaution. In my mind, people are cracking jokes of, of doing this type of stuff because we've had viruses and stuff really happen all the time. So right. if this happens all the time, and we know it happens all the time, why are we sending people home from school? Why are we doing, like, this is weird. So the, I right. feel like that's what, that's what I'm trying to get the understanding of. Why, if this always happens, why are we doing this right now for this, for this virus? Um, part of that question is very difficult to answer because, you know, from a healthcare standpoint, um, the media coverage, when you think about all that, how it plays out and 
also when you think about what warrants that amount of media coverage and the sort of the response that they're getting, um, in my opinion, um, I really don't see the foundation for it, to be honest with you. Um, but what I can say is, um, trying to sort of put this together in a, in a good way. What I can say is this, <clears throat> when you start to think about all the things that come into play, okay, you think about, like, for instance, like, you think about the initial story was that the coronavirus started because Chinese were eating bats, right? But the truth of the matter is they were doing studies in caves, right? And they noticed that these bats had over 400 different coronaviruses. And when they went into the caves, they also noticed that there were beer bottles in the caves. So they assumed that people were just hanging out in the caves and drinking beer, having fun with each other. And so they went into the town to test people and they noticed people had the coronavirus in the town. But they also noticed that these people were asymptomatic, meaning that they had no symptoms. And so after we saw that, then the pandemonium sort of started to grow and spread and get wider. And I think what happens is, is that there's two parts to it. A, when something's able to spread at a very increasing rate very fast, people are just always going to be concerned. Um, and especially when it's a new thing. So this is a new virus. Even though it's very similar to the flu, when you look at the symptoms, there's ran, runny nose, cough, headache, um, you know, phlegm in the lungs. All the symptoms look very similar to uh, the flu, right? And so and on one hand, you could say, like, we're just naming diseases because if the symptoms are all the same, what's the need in adding a new disease just because it's a new strain, but it produces the same results, right? But then on the other hand, you have to think about the fact that America is the sickest country in the world. Right. We're the most obese and obesity increases your risk factor for getting infection and serious infections by 50%. And we're immune compromised. So Americans are actually more prone to a severe infection because of those, those rates. And when you start to think about it, the standard American diet, how, how bad we eat. And you think about how much the cancer rates are here and what, what fights cancer, our immune system. And so on one part, it's kind of warranted when you think about the number of elderly that we have here in our population. And you start to think about how much cancer we have here, how sick people are. Um, now, when you take somebody who's healthy, they're probably not concerned about it. Like the athlete Rudy Gobert, who just uh, contracted, like, I don't think he's worried about anything, but I think who, who they're worried about is the people who are at risk. And so I really can't validate why there's so much pandemonium mode over it. And I don't really want to speculate as to why, but what I can say is this, the impact is wide. And what I mean by that is this, when you think about like, let's say for instance, when an ambulance picks you up, they have something called a crash cart. 
these are things, these are drugs that they're going to save your life. Like if you lose your heartbeat, if you not, you're not breathing, if they have to cut you your throat open to actually get a tube down to your lungs, these are all these life-saving drugs that even me as a plant-based person who does not take drugs, if I walk off the curve and get hit by a truck, take me to the hospital. The vast 80 to 90% of these life-saving drugs that are in this uh, crash cart, they're made in China. They're made in India. So the impact is now we're not going to have these drugs because none of their, their supplies are being shipped out anymore. They have been blocked. You understand? I heard, I 80%. Mean, go ahead. Say something that I found out that the Bahamas is one of the main places that we get respiratory bags and equipment and stuff like that. So when that hurricane hit them, apparently that impacted a lot of our goods for uh, medical supplies in that, in that area. And you learn where we get our things from and those things have an effect on us. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's sort of the impact. Cause like last year, about 80 to 70 to 80% of all the saline bags, like let's say you go in the hospital and you need a saline bag because you're dehydrated. 70 to 80, like 70% was being made in Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. And this one building. And when the hurricanes came last year and they, they flattened that building, there was a national shortage. And so the the biggest thing about the coronavirus is those sorts of things, like these ancillary things that are going to take place because we're so dependent on China for all these things that we don't produce here in the U.S., including not only including those life-saving drugs, but 80% of the actual generic drugs, because most drugs are generic now, are made in China and India. And so now we've cut the import of those drugs off. So now like you have to think like, or this could end up being people have having a drug shortage now as well. So I think if, if you look at it from an intelligence standpoint, then that's why there's a cause for concern. And of course there's like all these conspiracy things that could be happening or may not be happening. Um, but, uh, for now, what I'll just speak on is the things that I know that could be a real issue, um, not only for us, you know, now, but even later. You talked about, you know, pulling Aiden out of school. Well, 38% of the nurses have children. And when you pull them out of school, yeah, who's going to take care of the kids? Now they have to take leave. One out of four Americans don't even have leave to take. So when you start to think about those sort of things, then you see the big impact of something like this occurring. Well, I just booty with it, you know, the whole time you were talking about all that. <laughs> I just, you know, I, I've, I've always been a, a low-key germaphobe, and Brent and Aiden have made fun of me for years because of that. You know, I have been the mask wearer. I have been the sanitized everything before you touch it, everywhere you go. Baby wipes, Clorox wipes. Like, I, I've been that because it has nothing to do with corona. It just has to do with how dirty people are and they're nasty. Right. 
he's disgusting. And I don't want it. I, I think I have a good immune system. I, I'm a healthy person. I eat well. But I don't want it. I don't <laughs> want it. And I don't want corona either. Like, that's really why I do the things that I do. So now I look normal at the airport. Now, when I wipe and see down, people are like, hey, you can some extra white? Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> people used to be like, look at this weirdo. But it's just, it's just a part of just being clean and, and trying to overdo things. Like, I'm not a type of person that likes to wait for something to happen. I try to prevent it. I'm preventative as, a, as opposed to reactive. Right, which is what which is what our healthcare system is. Our health care system is reactive. It's like until you sick, don't come in here. Like if you came into the hospital and you didn't have any symptoms, but you just said I don't feel right, they'll take some blood work and send you right back home. I've seen patients do that and go home, and they ended up having a blood clot, and the blood clot went to their lungs, and they ended up basically suffocating because of it was a a, a, a thumble, thumble embolism inside of the lung. So our healthcare system is reactive. So it's good to be proactive, like take proactive measures to make sure, you know, your immune system is intact, your environment is clean, especially during a time like this. But I don't think there's any reason to be in pandemonium um, like we are today because it serves no purpose. Uh, to be hysterical, it, to be have anxiety. Uh, the only purpose it serves is to create anxiety inside of the body, and that lowers your immune system in and of itself. Speaking of being proactive, the NBA has suspended the season for at least 30 days. I thought that was an incredible decision. Um, money will be lost, but I think the league itself is just a bit of what should be done with concern with the public health and the spreading of a virus like this. Just like you said, you can live through it, but why give it? Why just keep spreading it if it can cause all these kind of problems? Now, after the NFPA did we saw March Madness completely canceled, which I'm technically calling now March Madness, this entire month of March. It's just sad. You know, there's no sports on TV. Um, a lot of the states are, are shutting down schools. They're, they're shutting down concerts, comedy shows. Any, any um, large group of people under 500 is okay. Anything over uh, is, is pretty much getting shut down. Do you think that this is a good idea, Bobby? Man, let me give you my personal opinion first. Okay. My personal opinion, I feel like this is a conspiracy against my Lakers, man. Like, we just had the best weekend of our season, and then all of a sudden this pops off, right? Yeah. I'm like, who in the world is hating against LeBron and the Lakers? So that's my personal opinion. But my sort of my professional opinion is it's intelligent. And let me explain why most diseases have like this phase that they go through and then they die out. Mm -hmm. They die out when we have control. So when public health comes into place and we create this control around it where it doesn't spread, eventually most diseases die out. It's like I said, we had MERS, which is a coronavirus in 2002. 
who's I mean SARS, but who's heard of SARS recently? You haven't. We had MERS in 2012. We had the avian bird flu. We had swine flu and mad cow disease. Ebola. All these, all the Ebola, the list goes on. They come and they die out. And so one of the intelligent things to do during periods like that is to kind of keep some containment so then the disease will die out. So it's like when people get infected, right? The vast majority of people, I would say 80% have no symptoms. Like case in point, um, the situation with the Utah Jazz and the Thunder yesterday. They went through the sort of like explaining everything to us as they were going to the game. And one of the beautiful things I loved at the end of the segment was they put a, a tweet um, from Evan Fournier, who is a player for the Orlando Magic. He's also um, on the France national team that Rudy Gobert plays for back in France. Rudy Gobert is French. Mm -hmm. Okay. The tweet said, I just spoke to Rudy two hours ago. Good. He's good. Yeah. Let's not panic. Love you all. Mm -hmm. I think people are under the impression because there's so many movies out there about virus spreading and people becoming zombies and stuff like that, that people think that when you get the coronavirus, like you're bleeding out of your eyes. And I thought that that tweet was amazing because it just showed like, chill out. Like I just talked to my boy. He's good. Don't panic. And then I just saw earlier today, like, he, Rudy was releasing statements saying, hey, guys, I'm sorry if I expose you and, you know, I never wanted to endanger anybody. But, like, I'm like, why even do that? Because the truth of the matter is this. The He's disease. Lying. He's lying. Well, he right. reported that he was a jokester in the locker room, sneezing and coughing and touching everybody and kiki and, and laughing about it. And then we saw the video of him touching all the reporters' mics and and recording devices. So he's 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 a jokester and I, I just feel like sometimes the joke is on you. Right, right. But the point I was trying to make was is that the disease that the coronavirus has a about a four or five day incubation period. Mm -hmm. So this happened or it was discovered on the eleventh, which was yesterday, right? So we go back four days. They were either playing you know, four or five days, they were either playing in Detroit or they were playing in Boston. So he contracted this either in Detroit or Boston, most likely. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the big thing is to understand that he didn't travel to China to get this. Right. And understanding the other point is that maybe he was joking, like he was sneezing because that's the thing. Like it creates all this xenophobia where people, you sneeze a cough and people are ready to throw you in a cage. I've been like that. <laughs> and so. Anytime I cough, like, this is my son, and when he cough, I'm ready to swing on him. And <laughs> anything, like, my nigga. Yeah, I mean, right. like I, I just, I just don't like. Yeah, one time I cough, she goes, "Go on your." <laughs> right, right. And so, it's like... It's only one you know, form of coughing that's cool. Well, from the week. <laughs> 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 hey, hey, my... 
Right. Uh, I agree with that shit. But um, so you so you do think overall it was a good idea? Do you think the way we're shutting down all these cities and you know other like Italy has shut down their whole country? Like, and do you? Yeah. I, I read somewhere that on Sunday Italy had the same amount of cases that we had, and now they have twenty some thousand more already in four days. So right. Because of the way our cases are rising faster than theirs, you think you would have a situation where we would shut the city down or just stay? I think it's possible. I do think it was an intelligent decision for the NBA because you have to understand their players are their greatest asset. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is the NBA, uh, Adam Silverman is not a medical professional. And so he has to make decisions for the entire league based off information from people who probably don't have the best sources of information either. So they needed to gather information to understand truly what it is. I'm sure they were getting information from different sources, but at the time it's, it's like this, when something hits home, it opens your eyes. Mm-hmm. Like the greatest analogy I can give you is, you know, during the late 80s and 90s, when there was like this crack epidemic in urban communities, every other community didn't care. Like, they just thought it was a problem that we needed to fix, and so they just started locking us up, right? Mm -hmm. Well, today we have an opioid crisis, and guess what? It's not in urban neighborhoods, it's in suburban neighborhoods. Mm Mm-hmm. And now the whole focus has shifted. Like this isn't this isn't a problem. We need to lock people up. We need to get them help. Yeah. And yeah. I think I think the the perspective that Adam Adam was taking is that before I allow this to get out of hand, I need to get a better understanding of it, and I need to get great sources because I'm sure they they could get the best scientists to help them understand, you know, not only what the infection rate, how quickly can this spread, but like how deadly can this be to to players? And I think it's intelligent to sort of look at players like I think Rudy Gobert uh, contracted it, but also Donovan Mitchell also contracted it as well. Um, And so what you do is you give them two weeks to recover and see if they recover. And then you think to yourself like, okay, so, I've had players to get this. They survived it. They live well. Okay, my assets are protected. I'm good. And now I can make different decisions. But until you collect the right amount of information, you got to go with protection first. And so I think it was very intelligent for the NBA to do that. And I think it's something that they did that the NFL wouldn't do. Uh, because the NFL doesn't protect their players like the NBA does. And as far as cities, um, I think, again, we I think the people who have the greatest understanding still don't know what this is. They don't know how quickly it can spread. They don't know how many people are at risk because it's truly the people who are at risk that it's a real issue for. It's not people who are healthy. You understand, like the people who are healthy and have great immune system have no pre-existing conditions. Um, 
those people don't have anything to be concerned about. But you have to understand, like, in America and other places, like, in Western societies, like, a lot of people are not well. A lot of people are walking time bombs. And so that's truly who you're protecting uh, when you start to create these quarantines and no travel and all that sort of stuff. So I think it's, I think it's cool initially when you kind of figure out, like, first of all, what the hell is going on? And then after that, I think you have to give people back their liberties. Mm, thank you. Also, do you have any questions? I know, Bobby, you don't this late. You be keeping the train bedtime. You know what I'm Indeed. saying? Indeed. <laughs> I, I got one more blunt to smoke tonight before I go to bed. But I didn't want to hold you, Hustle. Do you have any more questions? Because I want to. Nah, he educated me on a whole nother level. Like, yeah, man. He educated me. I, I appreciate this. This, this is like. You gonna have me asking all kinds of crazy that question like a pregnant motherfucker. Hey, can I do this? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> shit. Go buy the book. Get the book. So before I let you go, Bobby, uh, I have some Instagram questions. Me and Hustle are gonna ask those. I think we're gonna be up here for a minute. But um, one of the questions that someone asked me on Instagram was how the detox is going. Um, you are the person who, uh, who has the detox that I'm using listening. I have not started the detox yet. I have planned on starting it after St. Patrick's Day because I was about to be ratchet next Tuesday with my homegirls for Taco Tuesday and St. Patrick's Day. That might not happen because I'm not really, you know, ready to be in public like that. But can you give my listeners your YouTube, your social media, your website, and any information that you would like for them to have to be able to come if you or get more information about you before I let you go. Sure, sure. So I'm Dr. Bobby Price, um, author of Education Over Medication. You can find me on Instagram at Dr. Holistic, that's D-O-C-T-O-R-H-O-L-I-S-T-I-C. And also on Instagram as Dr. Bobby Price. Uh, and also on YouTube as Dr. Bobby Price. Um, the one thing I will say is uh, you mentioned the detox. The detox is a full body detox. It cleanses out not just your colon, but your entire digestive system, your blood, your liver, your kidneys, your lymphatic system. So it's a full body cleanse. It restores energy. It restores, uh, removes all that belly fat and uh, removes brain fog. So it makes, it really gives you a new leash on life. And as I said before, the vast majority of your immunity is created in your gut. So when you heal your gut, you truly heal your body because your immune system is not only what fights viruses and bacteria, but it's also what fights cancer. So that's the importance of it. It's like essentially getting an oil change. And the last thing that I'll leave you with, because I'm always leaving people with this sort of uh, idea of why you should go plant-based, I want you to think about things like the Spanish flu, which in 1918, it killed 50 million people globally. 50 million people. That, the source of the Spanish flu was uh, like avian flu. So it was from birds. When you think about the swine flu, um, of course, that's from pigs. When you think about mad cow's disease, that's from cows. When you think about MERS, which is uh, the Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome, that was from Campbell's. When you think about SARS, SARS came from cats and bats. When you think about COVID-19, again, from animals. 
Uh, when you think about salmonella, comes from chicken. I can go on and on. All of these diseases are coming from animals. Uh, so one of the number one ways that you can increase your life, longevity, and the quality of your life is to stop eating meat. And I know that's not, not the popular thought, but I'm trying to give you a gym. <laughs> uh, today, eating meat is, you know, 80% people are like, I eat meat, and 20%, which is a, a, a growing number, is like, I'm on my way not to eating meat, or I'm not eating meat. Mm -hmm. But I guarantee you in the next 50 years, most people aren't going to be eating meat anymore. Because they're gonna realize that it's the bat it's the it is a large source of not only disease but fatality and mortality for uh humankind. So uh read the book Vegetation Over Medication. It's literally a Bible uh to restore life and to restore health and my journey traveling around the world. And I really appreciate you for having me on the show, Michelle. And uh go Lakers. Yes, I, I thank you for coming on too. We're going to have another episode with you on where we're going to just kick some real food shit for my people that really are. Like, I know a lot of people that are struggling and all of them know me, plant based journey. So I want to give them a little bit more information. This is the time, you know, a lot of people want to just hear about sports stuff, which is fine, but definitely going to have you on again. Thank you so much for the information. Um, it is great information. Uh, it's been a pleasure, man. Every time Bobby and Tierra, they come around me, I feel like I'm a bad human fucking being. Fuck! You're not. Everybody wants to off. You know, Tierra and Bobby haven't been vegan or plant-based their whole life. You know, we all have a journey, a food journey, <laughs> everything, you know, and so... And so everybody just, you know, you have to find your own way and hopefully you find your way towards like a condition because a lot of people find their way to a plant-based diet because they've been diagnosed with something and then they realize, oh shit, so it's better if I don't eat cheese and meat and all these other things. So, you know, like, you know, I hang out with you, I'm kicking with you. I don't force my way of life on you. I, I do what I do, I let people do what they do. I just, you know, I'm on my own And um, there are two people. Bob, Bobby is a heavy, I call him often for everything. Anything from a rash to, to, I got a tingle in my vagina. What that mean? You know what I'm saying? Like he, I call for everything. And it always goes back to the food. I start food diary mentally. I used to write down, but I food diet mentally. And I, I track everything that I'm eating so that if I do have some type of you know, difference of feeling, you know, somewhere I can usually narrow it down to something I almost all the time. What age? Oh my God. I Aren't you proud of yourself? Your granny had you on that, and I had to get you, I had to get you off, and you were addicted for a while. I did. Because I'm, I'm trying to save your life, you know. I gotta save your life, you know. And if and if I gotta snatch you when you're older, 
you're going to be making your own decisions and your own food choices. And I just want to give you as much information as can so that you can make an educated decision. Once you're an adult, you might choose to go back to that same bullshit lifestyle. That's going to be on you. I just am going to do my job to give you as much education as possible on food. So can you get out before you hit me? Get out, Aiden. Get out, because we're gonna we're gonna be talking about stuff. I'm gonna be cussing a lot and talking yeah. about penises I, I and vaginas. I see you cussing right now. Okay, get out. Go on over to that. Anyways, so we talked about the NBA canceling the season. I, I don't even like. It's just so weird to not have any sports on TV. This shit is weird as shit, my nigga. Like, how how you feeling about that? You see, I just lit the blunt. I'm sorry, Doctor Bobby. Problem. But listen, man, I told y'all, man, this is some bullshit, man. I don't like to speak. What the fuck? This is some bullshit. Some over People get sick all the time. And I thought the world, they always be trying to depopulate and say the world. Like, I don't know, man. I, just, I do feel a little bit of that. I believe that there's the conspiracy theory about depopulation could be in effect. I said two weeks ago that they were going to create some type of disease to minimize the population of so many people here. And I was like, but they need to kill like 65 million people, you know, for it to be effective. And I guess they're trying. I don't know if they're going to be successful or not, because they've tried multiple times. And like I told you before, the diseases didn't work. Like, a lot of them didn't work. You know, there was a few thousand, but it was you know, millions, you know? And I believe that's because people are learning, people are educating themselves and not spreading it. And I think that the reason that the America, our country is spreading it faster is because when you look at the Asian community and the population in, in the Asian countries, just the fact that they listen to whatever they fucking government say, like they, they over there like following rules and shit, you know, doing the right shit. We don't do that. You tell a nigga to stay home, keep your kid home if they got a cough, good shit. She's sitting in her kid's room because she ain't got no goddamn kids to stay home and watch the kids. She need to go to work. In these other countries, it just seems like their their population is listening, is doing the right thing, is making sure that they're cautious. And also, these other countries like South Korea, they have literally a drive-through and several places where you can just drive up and they're going to swab your mouth right in there and test you. We're not doing any of that. Like, we're just not prepared, and we got a fucking idiot in office who's going around saying, oh, everything's going great. We're super prepared. We have plenty of tests. And now we have all these people, this, this doctor, what's his name, Fonchi or whatever his name is, on TV, literally saying that our president is lying, that we do not have it under control. We are really evidence. We don't have enough tests. We don't have enough of shit. We don't have enough beds if people do need to go to the hospital. We just don't have, because all we really have is a whole bunch of military equipment. That's what we spend our money, weapons to fight. So that's why I'm scared, because our country is never prepared for anything, nothing. Uh, I just, I don't know, I'd be tired. I guess I'm, I may be too lighthearted or too nonchalant. When I think of when I think of things, because I I really don't let the the media determine my mindset or shift my mental, and I don't trust the media. I don't trust the world. So, you know, so it's hard for me 
just like they tell us milk is good for your body, just like they got all these swine flus and all these other things that come from meat and I come from certain things. I feel like this is a, another thing that falls in the group to me. So right. I don't, but I like this. I like what the sports world is doing because it just shows you outside the NFL, they have made a report that says that their league, their league year is going to start on time. Like, Diggs is like, yeah, okay. Uh, owners of teams are traveling, but I, I bet you uh, OTAs start on time. That's what the NFL is saying. They don't give a fuck. Folks who's giving, and I know a lot of y'all was asking questions about the CBA. I am unprepared to speak about it wholly. I don't want to talk about the piece that I've already read. I've asked someone, I'm not going to say who, to come on the podcast and speak about it. And once I get that person's confirmation, I will absolutely have someone who's inside and knows quite well come on the, on the podcast and speak about it from a professional standpoint as opposed to me just blabbing out what I think is going on. You know, so just, just to give you guys that are listening to that. I don't have EBA uh, updates, but I will tell you that it's a fucking joke if they pass it because it's just the little things that I have learned is ridiculous that they would even agree with it. But I don't want to really get into that too deep. But Hustle, some of the questions that I got and I send them to you. Um, let's just this is, this is not the full question, but I'm just adding on to it. It says, "What country would you move to?" If you had to, let's just say Corona got out of hand, where would you want to go? Africa, hell you mean? I want to go Africa. I want to go to Africa. Send me with my people, goddamn. Yeah. I need, hey, what? Send me, I need somewhere, hey, I can figure it out. Yeah. I feel like I want to go there too just because I've never been in, and it's the motherland, and you, it would just appear that you know, everything would be right. I, I, I can't wait. I don't know if this is ever going to happen, but I can't wait for Africa to move forward to us, you know, for us to go back there and rebuild it and make it amazing. It already has amazing things. But if all of us wealthy black people in America were to go back there and, and, and rebuild that country, just imagine everything great it could be, the resources that it's out there and the wealth we could generate for our own people, I think it would be great, but we're just not there yet. You know, we, we're just not there as a people. And, and that comes with education. And when, whenever, like, like the, as far as racism, I think racism exists because of, of poor education. If we were literally telling the truth about this country, telling the truth about black people and how incredible we are and all the things we invented and created and why this country is even functioning the way it is now because of black people from the past, then you would have kids learning about black stories. You would have them learning like, oh shit, so black people invented this, so black people, and, and kids would be, if they hear their parents saying, oh, we're superior to black people, kids would be like, well, no, because I found out Black people pretty much built this whole country, discovered everything, you know? And that would be a way that you could defeat racism, especially at the root of it, which is children, you know, because ignorant parents teach them things. But this country is hell-bent on a false history, on, on just lying and, and continuing the lies and keeping everybody dumb. And so I think that with 
education would come a rise in the black community, a pride in ourselves and knowing that not only do these white kids know how dope we were, we were kings and queens and royalty in our country and came over here, but some of us were born here. We got a lot of foundational black people here as well, but still were slaves and built this country. And I think it would just create a pride in us and a humbling of the white race in knowing that you're not superior to us in any way, shape, or form. Period. And I agree with that on a lot of levels. I I, I agree with it on a on a lot of levels. I mean, but I feel like it's it's deeper it's, it's deeper than just the surface when it comes to that type of growth. Yeah, I mean that's just the start. The truth is always the start, and then you you grow from there. You know, I'm I'm one of the people that just always wants the truth, no matter how hard it hurts or what it hurts and how it feels. The truth is absolute, and you can only get better from the truth. You know, bullshit going. Um, I'm going to get to some of the minuscule questions first, and we'll get into the deep ones. Somebody's asking when I'm releasing the cookbook. Uh, I'm anticipating, hoping, and praying that I will have a pre-sale date by my birthday, which is June 20th, um, if not more done by then. I'm really looking for a summer launch of the cookbook for those of you I appreciate all the love that y'all show me when I'm cooking on, on social media uh, I don't always cook my recipes those aren't always mine but a, a lot of them are mine that I've recreated or you know low-key stolen from other people and that's really what cookbooks are it's somebody's version of somebody else's food basically true you know? story yeah, so I'll take somebody else's food and say, I can make this better by adding this, touching this, and you know, doing all this kind of stuff. Or I'll take a meat, a, a, a meat meal and turn it into a plant-based meal, you know? So like the specific meatballs. I learned how to make meatballs out of black-eyed peas. Shit is bomb. You know, like, so it's just a lot of different things that I'm learning with food, and I appreciate you guys all wanting to, uh, uh, you know, support me. This is going to be a small cookbook. This ain't going to be one of those cookbooks that have 200 recipes. That's a waste of time. I just want to give you a couple of bomb-ass recipes to impress your boo, male or female. Or, you know, if you just enjoy a nice, bougie-ass meal at home by your goddamn self, and you want to make it look pretty and flavored and all that kind of stuff, I mean, that's my girl's side is, like, food. You know, you can talking all day. But I'm 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 real delicate and, and you know like detailed about food, you know, and so I'm I'm enjoying expressing that side of me, you know, on social media, and I appreciate you guys all wondering uh, when the cookbook has come out. Also, you got to come out here when there's no crowd and take some of my food, because I don't cook when there's a crowd. I don't do that. Yeah, man. Every time I come after, she always ordering food or some. That's fifteen people here. I'm not about to feed all y'all. Renee, I could come. It could just be me. It didn't been just me before. We when? we postmate. When we postmate? Tell me when. I'm listening. I I've been a lot of times. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> oh, somebody asked how St. Louis was. I thought you was gonna pull up, also, but St. Louis was funny. No, I didn't pull up for you to give me the confirmation. Uh, what do you mean confirmation? You didn't tell me like, oh yeah, bro, you can only come. I told you, good. You told you to, you said to me, I want to come, and I said, all right, let me know if you come. I'm oh, coming. Let me know. I can come or not. Oh yeah, I want to come. Yeah. Um, 
I answered about the detox. Oh, um, somebody asked me why I haven't had an invite on all the smoke yet. What is your opinion on why Stephen Jackson and Matt Barnes have not invited me on all the smoke? Considering you know that we were kind of low-key in discussions on, you know, doing the show together, and they've, you know, joined, gotten their own show off, and they haven't invited me. I want your opinion before I give my opinion. I mean, I think in, in a sense, you know, like, they being like how some people be in a sense. They could be. I don't want to speak in a, in a negative light, but like, shit, they looking at, they moving on. They trying to move on to bigger things. Like, they looking at, like, they might be looking like they're above you and and, 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 and coming back and fucking with you in that type of essence could be like or maybe a step down or, or doing something, you know what I'm saying, you know, or maybe acting like they could be trying to help you. It don't matter, you know, just, I just look at it, they looking at it in that aspect of it. I think that you're absolutely correct. I think that they feel I'm beneath them now, that they've had Kobe on, they've had Steph Curry, they've had Kevin Durant, they've had all these big time names on there, Jamel Hill, Kerry Champion. And I just feel like for some reason, there's two parts of this that I feel that they think I'm beneath them, one, but also beneath them as far as status, like star status. That's what I mean. But also, niggas is scared of me. That's just what it is. Niggas don't want to give me a platform. I feel like a lot of people feel like if they let me eat, they won't eat. I don't know. Um, all I can tell you is that this has been happening to me my entire career. I've had nothing but men completely shit on me and not support me and not want to help me move ahead in my journey. And I also know that a lot of people assume that because I'm not hurting for money, I'm a wealthy person, that I don't need a handout to assist or help in, you know, establishing my career, which is absolutely ridiculous, you know, but that's all I can do is speculate because I have put it out there. They know that I want to come on. They, they said, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. I have not uh, reached out in a while. I'm also not holding my breath. It's not something that's bothering me because it's been happening my whole career. And that's part of the reason that I even did my own podcast. I got tired of asking people to help me or put me on or, you know, put me in the room because I know once I'm in a room, it, any room in sports conversation, I'm going to be star on the show. That's what it is. Straight up. It's going to happen. Straight It's going to happen how it's supposed to. Um, one of the other questions um, is uh, thoughts on Biden and why the Democrats believe he's the guy. Have you been keeping up with politics and what's going on in the presidential uh Runnings of teens. I ca I casually watch it. I, I casually watch it, you know, to kind of stay informed. But when I look at it, I don't give it any any staying power for my mental. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, see, I I don't believe in um our government in any way, shape, or form. I don't believe there is a such thing as a Republican and a Democrat. I think that just politicians. None of them have ever done anything for my people, including Barack Obama. So um, 
I don't care who wins, to be honest with you, because there's going to be little things done here and there by everybody, but nothing major. Nobody's giving us what we really need to to get ourselves together and get on our feet and win. And, and you can't do that with four to eight years. You need way more time than that. That's why I like other countries that have a different type of government where somebody can be standing for 20 years. Sometimes there's an event that gives them an opportunity to fulfill all the bullshit that they tell us around the time that they're trying to get elected. But to answer the question, I believe that the Democrats are pushing Biden um, um, as opposed to Bernie Sanders because Bernie Sanders is a real nigga. Okay? Now, I don't agree with everything he says. I, I won't agree with everything no one says. But what I do know is if Bernie Sanders is the Democrat elect for us, we're going to be, see and hear all the decades and decades and decades of fighting he's been doing for the black people. And we're going to also see a lot of false history. He, he tells a truth about this fucked up country. He tells the truth about how black people have been treated from the, I'm talking about all the way back to the 60s he's been doing this. And I think that our government is afraid that Bernie Sanders could turn some people and open some eyes and people be like, oh shit, we are fucked up. And I don't know why people don't know that already, but I think it could, it could really open people's eyes and cause a lot of problems in government if he's elected. And and Democrats don't want that. Biden is safe. You know, he, he's, he's a racist, white old man who isn't going to do a fucking thing for black people. And that's what the Democratic Party is with. Yeah. All right. So listen, you know, you my people, Renee, but damn, none of that shit makes sense to me. You, like y'all start out saying Democrat, Republicanism, and y'all, we say some bullshit, but then we play into the shit that they saying. No, 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 when I say play into it, like, we play to, to me, Democrat and Republican is no different than attorneys, meaning, they all friends. They all probably went to school. They know each other. All that. We just, I feel like it's just something they just putting out there for us in the world to, to debate about, to talk about, to pick sides like they do with color, like they do with race, like they do with gays and straights. It, it, it's just another thing to me. Government is a form of entertainment for me. Yes, yeah, to me, for people to talk about when, when really. I'm saying, well, really, we got to try to, regardless of what happens in this world, whatever the goals are, you, you set your goals and you try to attack it and reach it. To me, yes, it's laws and stuff that we vote for that can impact people's lives in some ways, that can shape and, and... But at the end of the day, man, whatever you want for your life is what you have to go get. I, I, I don't put a lot of energy into... into to that and to that aspect of life, you know, to me, because I feel like it, you, you, we just be going in circles. One of the things that I did learn, and, and people always say, "Well, why do you vote if you feel that way?" I vote because people die, and you have a right to vote. I know I don't believe in the voting process. I believe it's all bullshit. I believe it can be bought. I believe it's all a setup. I vote just for my ancestors, just to let them know that it's a thank you to, you know, one of the rights that they gave us. And what this country did was make sure that our vote don't count. And 
they do that by having an election on a Tuesday. Like, why the fuck would you have an election on a Tuesday? That right there lets me know that you don't want people to show up because you know everybody working like that Tuesday. You know, if this process was supposed to be taken seriously, it should be a 48-hour weekend that people could come in and vote Saturday or Sunday. You know, and it's just not taken serious. I do it because of my ancestors, but I don't believe in it. One thing that I did learn uh, from talking to some people, um, like uh, Sean, Sean and uh, some other folks about local officials, and locally, there's a lot of things that can be done when you vote. I will agree with that because those are things that can happen immediately in your local area, like where you immediately live, your district, your county, and that kind of stuff. But as far as the, the other things, like, like it's just tough to get people in office that are authentic. Everybody's doing whatever for money. Doesn't matter if you're Republican or Democrat. And that's just how it is. And I just can't wait for everybody to die and, and we could just start over. I want my own. You know, states. I want black people to have. I want segregation. I'm with segregation. I'm with the shit. I, I wouldn't mind having my own population, my own black communities, where we police and we govern ourselves. We hold ourselves accountable. We have our own physicians, our own doctors, our own schools. I'm with all that shit, but we're so far from that that all I do is just I enjoy what's on TV. I just laugh at them arguing over things that really aren't. They're not going to do it when they get in the office. It's not going to matter. And so, you know, I, I can't even, I don't even allow it to stress me out anymore. Like, I used to be so worried when I was in high school and a little bit in college when I was uninformed on how government worked and everything. And, and it's just like, we, we have judges now that are racist. We have all these racist judges and they're being elected by these other racist people. And you want me to believe in this system? It's just like, I can't. I, I'm too smart. I've learned too much. And until I see state change, until I see truth, and so I see honesty, and like my nigga Malcolm X said, there has been no progress in this country. Progress is if a man stick a knife in your back. Progress is pulling the knife out and healing that wound. This country thinks stabbing you and pulling it out two inches every 20 years is progress. You know, like every two years they pull out two inches and you got a 20 inch blade in your back. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like that. I don't think that's progress at all. You know, so I, I don't buy into none of the bullshit. And, and that, that might keep on getting mad. Like, you're a part of the problem if you don't believe in voting and you don't vote. I do vote. I do vote and I still don't believe in shit. I just do it for my culture and for people that die and look like me. Like, uh, that, that's the perfect way to put it. Like, I, that's, the, that's the perfect way to put it. I just, I feel like it's a waste of time, but I, but I do it because the people who died for us, to, for that right to vote, and people who done those things, who stood up, all those things, that, that part matters. But yeah, and I, and I know locally our votes matter because that's something that in our city, our precinct, or whatever, wherever you stand in those things, that those, you can affect your life immediately, like you said. But, yeah. Um, last non-sports topic, Weinstein gets 23 years total prison, 20 for criminal sexual assault, three for rape charge. Uh, he was acquitted on predatory sexual assault, which could have carried a life sentence. His lawyers asked for five years max, stating his poor health and anything longer would be a death sentence. Um, the judge said, no, go fuck yourself. Uh, Weinstein was hospitalized shortly after sentencing comp uh, complaining of chest pains. Nigga, don't die. 
Don't try to die, okay? Get your ass to jail. Go directly to jail. Don't pass go. Eat shit on your way there. And I hope you get raped in prison. Wow. Like, that's crazy. That's how I feel about him. Uh, man. Happy, I can't wait. What, what, Gail man. what Gail and Oprah at, Hustle? Where they at? They, they don't, they, 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 they don't hit visitor lists. <laughs> oh, it's the list. So we're not gonna get a documentary then, huh? Yeah. <laughs> get the victims sitting down and explaining the horrible things that this this old white man did to them. We're not gonna get that one. We don't get that. Nah, his skin tone ain't dark enough. These hoes, hell. Um, a lot of people asked about the the Fury Wilder fight. We didn't discuss that. I didn't. I I, I technically didn't watch it. Um. It didn't. Uh, it didn't go like a lot of people thought it would go. Did you watch the fight? Yes. So, so, so the the the, the conspiracy of my outfit was two hundred pounds, and so it weighed me down walking into the ring. So I didn't have my legs. And then there's also a theory of people saying Tyson Fury's boxing gloves were improper, which uh, he had more knuckle exposed or something like that which made his punches harder what was your opinion of the fight and 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 how wilder got his ass the memes after the fight were incredible um i mean i feel like people should have known he was gonna get his ass whooped. in my opinion i look at it like like the first time he fought they fought Tyson wasn't prepared in the way that a normal fighter prepares for a fight. He was on some other shit. You know, he was he was living life, living his best life. To you know what I mean? And Deontay kind of brought him to fight. Mm-hmm. And everybody talking about Deontay Wilder's knockout power, his knockout punch, he did his prowess and all that. And he knocked Fury. Why? I'm talking about clean. Clean punches. He got, up. he got up and finished that fight. I mean, I've seen a lot of niggas get up from crit punches they should have stayed down for, and I just assess that to just being flat out CTE and not just not even being. I like. I think a lot of boxers. Nah, I say I ain't seen that. I'm just being 100 with you. In my years of watching boxing, I haven't really seen nobody get hit clean like that by somebody who has power like that and get up. No, I'm saying it. I ain't seen like like when Mike Tyson hit. Like no, I haven't seen the people get up. Like in t- nah, nah, nah. He got hit. Delta Wilder has knockout power. Not so. When I seen that, to me, that made me know if he prepared and had time to really prepare for that next fight, Delta Wilder gonna be in trouble because Delta Wilder's not a boxer. He's he's a slugger. He's a power puncher. Mm-hmm. And he, he lived off his punching power. And his and he can, if Fury got up, that means he don't fear it. He if he, he got knocked down and got back up, he don't fear it. Hmm. You think that there should be another rematch? You think we should see Joshua? Uh is there anybody else that you think should be fighting the heavyweight uh belt was starting to get exciting again? It was getting fun. Like we had all these people. Joshua went down, now Wilder's down, here we got Fury. You think that the the boxing uh, heavyweight belt is back? Like it's it's exciting? Like it's gonna be a thing now? 
It's okay. It's it's better. I mean, you know, it's it's better entertainment now. It's not back like how it used to be, but it's it's okay. I mean, you know, once I mean them fighting each other is great, but like I said, is we still ain't seen Anthony Anthony Joshua in Wagner. We ain't seen Anthony Joshua in Fury. You know, like it's like those you got to have that type of stuff to grow the sport. But you know, they're trying. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so now that the, the season is kind of over for 30 days, they're contemplating just starting the playoffs if they started back in 30 days or continuing it and, and allowing the season to go through the summer a little longer. Before this entire thing happened, we had an incredible week of basketball. We saw the Lakers take down the uh, Bucks as well as the Clippers. Um, we're, we're, I, I have to tell you that I have been watching Zion more closely, and although I still don't agree with you, um, I have I I do think that he he has talent. I, it's just not the type of talent that I would ever invest in. I'm sorry, I don't. How many shots are coming outside of the paint? Um, which isn't a problem. You know what I mean? It's not like a bad thing. It's just not the kind of ball I like. I don't. I don't like bruiser ball. I don't like Bebo ball. It's fun, but if that's all you truly have right now, and that's what I think that all he truly has, I'm not there yet. I'm not saying I can't get there, but I would love for his game to develop into something that I could truly like and enjoy. But I just see a big old wide nigga down there pushing niggas around and getting easy buckets. That's all I see. And that's not that impressive to me. I'm sorry. But go you are let not- the hate hate, man. Let the hate hate. You sound like fucking Stephen A with the hate. Like I, stop I, it. I never want to sound like it. Yeah, well that's what the that's what the hell you sound like. Like y'all I don't fucking I don't get it. Like what do you expect? Like we've been watching basketball our whole life. Playing it you played the game. You played it professionally. Like, this motherfucker come in out of shape, ain't played no preseason, 18, 19 years old, no jumper, no di- 30, 25, 30. No, he's different. I play, like, anybody who played basketball know that nigga's different. What, he's athletic, different. That doesn't mean he's basketball different. Like, yeah, and I'm talking about he, I'm, when I say different, I mean on the basketball court, like game changing, like team. No, just like how guy. He, he won't be the guy. He would never be the guy on my team. Oh, you, it's the same thing. Just like how they did LeBron. Like he can't. Oh, no. oh it's the same thing. We could go. We could go to. We could go to interviews, players, coaches. You could go all over from LeBron rookie year. This and that. What? Well, he can't shoot. He can't do this. What he gonna? Everybody remember shooting from, from. He was shooting the air balls in summer league in the in, in the preseason. Get get dunked on. We did. Nobody expect that. I'm sorry. LeBron's game that is anywhere near comparable to what Zion is doing this year. I'm sorry. Say this one more time. There's nothing about LeBron's rookie year that looks like Zion. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. nothing. As far as what? Game. As far we're as not talk, we're not talking about I'm talking we're talking about the impact. We're talking about the impact on the game with the weaknesses they have in their game. 
Everybody knows LeBron. Like, everybody, when you ask people questions, they be like, oh, LeBron don't have no skill. Kobe got the, Kobe the most skilled player in the world. LeBron don't have no skill. Same thing. LeBron just plays bully ball. He don't got no jumper. He can't, he can't do it. He don't got no moves to get no shot. He don't got no. That part is true. The handle is the, probably the trickiest part of LeBron's game. It's his. I, no, I'm, 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 I'm just strictly speaking on no, the narrative, how people view LeBron's game. Is a, I'm saying, we're not, we're, we're not, I'm just saying. How, Zion is, I've seen way more positive things about Zion than I did with LeBron. People are on Zion's dick. No, now I'm saying, but before Zion played the game, no, they wasn't on his dick like that. It was some people saying he was gonna be great, but I'm saying that, but they was breaking his down, critiquing his game, saying what he wasn't gonna be able to do, what he could do. Same thing, like oh, he can't shoot, or he can't do. They were breaking his game down before. You know how you measuring his success, how his success would be. It's the same thing. They was measuring him. I'm speaking about the 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 he's gonna play what fifty games if he stays healthy the rest of the season. I don't see anything that remotely says I'm taking over the league to me. I don't. And you said that he's gonna be the face of the NBA. You said he's gonna be like No, he got potential to be, yes. No, I'm but uh, uh, not to say he can't be, I'm saying this one year, which is one year, it's literally not even a full season. I don't see it. And that doesn't mean that can't change. I'm just saying I haven't seen it. I've seen nothing that makes me think he's going he's gonna to be the face of the league. He's going to be a star in the league. He's going to be a wild factor. He's going to be somebody everybody wants to go see play because of his athleticism, because of the, 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 the dominance in the post and the wilds and all that. But I don't see anything that says – if I'm if, perfect example, if you were drafting, uh, a t- if you were um, starting a team right now, you got, oh, I got, I have this, you got Ben Simmons, you got uh, John Morant, you got Zion Williamson, and who's the other guy? Uh, Tatum. Who would you draft first? Who would you want to surround? Who would you want on your team to build around if you have those four players? Either Zion or Tatum. No, don't pick an even. Which one? I don't know. Shit. Tatum is miles ahead of him as far as skill. That's absolutely. Again, so that's what I'm saying. You disagree with my point earlier, but then you want to go back to the point now. It's the same thing. That's what I said. Zion is like LeBron. Jason Tatum is like Kobe. Period. You're not talking about. I'm saying this as far as how how we break that game down skill wise down. I don't agree. Well, why would you why would you take Tatum over Zion? Because Tatum has a jump shot. Because he can score going to the oh. back and shooting. He also plays good defense. He's a well-rounded young player. Zion is not. So hold on. So when you ask people, so now, so now back to my comparison. When you ask people why you take Kobe over LeBron, what they say? Because Kobe's more of an aggressive shooter, a scorer. No, no, no. Other, other than they say Kobe's clutch, and they say he got a killer instinct, but what do they say? Why? Most people, Kobe fans say he's way more skilled than LeBron. Uh, That's what I, I, 
I'm not one of those people, so you can't say that I don't agree. I said what people say. I said most people of Kobe fans say this. Just like of course Kobe fans are gonna say that, but the general population isn't saying that. Yes, everybody I know. Yes, I know Kobe more skilled than LeBron. LeBron played bully ball. Scoring and scoring and shooting the basketball is what people say. Not overall game, no. No, not even close. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. Overall, when you're talking about skill, you're, that's what you're talking about. When you're speaking on Jason Tatum and his skill, you're talking about his scoring prowess. You're not talking about nothing else. Entire game. He has a complete game to me. Very young, but complete game. So if I were starting my team, I would start with somebody that I know already has some of these things. I don't know that Zion's going to develop a jump I don't know that his body's even going to be able to handle an 82-game season. He hasn't done it yet. I don't know these things. So that's where, my, that's where my opinion comes in. I don't want you to think that I'm hating on him. I am watching him play. It's just boring because they're not going anywhere. He's not taking them anywhere. They need somebody else. Are you serious? Yeah, they need somebody else. Are they going to make the playoffs? Uh, we don't know. Exactly. If, if, if he if he played the whole year though, we don't know. That's what I said. Like we. fifth, my nigga. Watch out. So we saw the Clippers finally um, lose to the Lakers. They they were two and zero at first, and now it's two one. Um, what did you think about the game? Because this is one of the premier matchups of the league. You saw the Bucks and the Lakers. That's a that's a conference of finals matchup. The Western Conference potential. Um, matchup, and we finally saw the Lakers beat the Clippers convincingly. It wasn't like a like the, the second game where came down to a you know where he could have tied it with a three if LeBron had knocked the ball out of bounds and all that kind of stuff. The first time they played, the Clippers beat them pretty easily without Paul George. So this game we saw a turn. A lot of people are saying the reason the Lakers can't be high on this win is because. Uh, Bradley's not going to shoot like that again. And this isn't going to happen like that again. And this isn't going to happen like that again. What was your opinion of the third matchup between the, the West Coast uh, rivals? I think it was a I think it was an intense game. I feel like Lakers came more focused to play. I mean, I think it was a it, it was a it was an impressive win for the Lakers. Mm -hmm. I can say that it was an impressive win. And it showed, I mean, it gave you a glimpse of what they could do. We, we, what, what they could do if they shorten the rotation. Mm -hmm. What do you think uh, about Clippers adding um, um, Joakim Noah, who you know I am not a fan of. You already know how I feel about him. And they also added Reggie Jackson. Um, do you think that these two are going to get any heavy minutes? Do you think that they'll be able to um, impact the game? At, right now, we don't know. Like in the regular season, for the for, for the regular season, yeah, they're going to all get minutes because they low manage a lot. So in a, they're going to get minutes in the regular season. But when the playoffs come, when they get serious, when they lose a game or two, we we don't know because that's a pretty deep team. Once you because you already got your starting five, and then you got Lou Williams and uh, Montrezl Harrell off the bench. That's seven players right there. Then, you know, in the playoffs, most teams go with eight. They usually have an eight-man rotation. 
So you with those seven, that guy, you got Shamit, you got uh what's the other guy? Um uh, Reddy Jackson, Shamit. It's like shit in, in um uh, Jermichael Green, like they got they got some players that can play. Yeah, they got a few pieces. He's gonna have to make some decisions on when when he gets to those tough games. So that's why I said I think their play right now gonna determine what the rotation gonna be. Like whoever they're in the dog fight now. Reggie Jackson, Shamit, Jermichael Green, Patrick Patterson, they all battling for the best player gonna play type shit. To me, that's what it looks like. So when the playoffs come, whoever playing good gonna play. I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. I will never trust a team with Patrick Beverly starting at the point. Do you think that he's going to keep his his starting position, um, or do you feel like there might be a potential opportunity for somebody else to come into that starting line? I think he's going to keep the starting position. Unless he's going to start – Unless he's going down and down and down and down if you take a look at the minutes – throughout the season, especially in the quarter. I mean, his minutes are going to go down, yes, basically, and they're a deep team. So that, that – and that's going to change. But but for the, the way this team is set up, it's, it's, it's a chance with Lou Williams, Reggie, like – because the only team that will cause them to make a change is the Lakers. I don't see another team – they will make them like, oh, we got to sit Reggie, we got to sit Patrick Beverly down. I don't see another team creating that issue. And, and the only reason I say I don't know, because even if you sit Patrick Beverly down, any one of those guys, Lou Williams, Shamit, is going to be a matchup problem for LeBron at the point. So that's why I said I don't know if he's going to get set down. Um, the Lakers picked up Waiters, um, who was obviously a headache in Miami. Like, he just been just – all in the news for the wrong reasons. Uh, we pick him up. What do you think the Lakers picked him up? What, what was the purpose? They got a diamond in the rough with that one. They got a, I think they got a diamond in the rough with that one. They, what are all the dumb things that he's just been doing off the, the court and just mental health issues and things that just appear to just not be right with him? Why did why everybody say it's mental health? It, no, it's just, I mean, you, you're a young man that's, that's doing something that you love and it's taken away from you. Like, it don't matter. Like, everybody. You mean, you saying the dumb shit you saying, like the whole situation with the weed and getting caught. Like, it just doesn't seem professional. Oh, yeah, that's what, it's not professional. That's what I'm stating. And I'm saying to you, it's, it's, to me, it's just like, I'm not saying it's right by any means, but I'm saying to you, it's reactionary. Like anybody would come and say, you see what's going on, like you got paid 15, 17 million to be a starting two guard in the league. You you go from being a starting two guard on the playoff team to 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 get DMPs to rookies and 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 players and nah, that's a that's a that's a crash course for your mental. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, to, and it's going to make you react in certain ways. And sometimes those reactions are not always going to be positive or good. And I understand that. So I feel like, yeah, I don't. So I'm not going to focus on that part of that negative part he did unless I'm going to talk about everything that led to it. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to just kill him and do that. Nah, so I know that. So I'm going to look at him as a he, he a player that deserves a second chance. Now, he, he got to be humble. 
and, and grow into that chance. And that's what's going to, that's what's going to determine yeah, how we should do It doesn't matter what happened to you and they, they benched you or whatever. You're a professional athlete with a guaranteed contract, okay? You're getting your bread irregardlessly. I know that's not a word, everybody. It's, it's a black thing. You're getting your bread irregardlessly. So it, for me, being a professional, married to a professional, sometimes you have to sit the fuck down and just be quiet, collect your check, and figure out how to get out of there and not cause a scene, not cause area and cause problems for you to be on somebody else's roster and you know in the near future. So the fact that he isn't able to just sit on his hands quietly while whatever they're doing to him is happening, that's that's a I, I get scared by stuff like that. I do. Why? Because it's unstable. It happens to everyone. Are you trying to say you can't handle being a pro? These type of things are going to continue to happen to you in your career, and how you react is 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 going to determine. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. So now let's see how he responds. Now he's been reprimanded. He's went through the shit he went through. Now let's see how he grow from it. That's all. I'm, that's it. Ain't no. I'm not going to bash him or talk and say he's, he's not. He's not. Yes, he reacted in a certain type of way, and they reacted a certain type of way. Neither one of to me just what it is. Like I don't care. If something happens to you that you don't like, you're not everybody that's gonna react like a professional. I'm not that's where you fuck up your money at then. That's exactly what no, I'm because it's guaranteed money. That's what I'm saying. It's guaranteed money. He just wants a situation where that, that's the thing. Money. I'm talking about next year's money. No, but it's I'm saying your mental, your mental is way more important than that to a pupil. That's what I'm speaking on for me. What are you talking about? Your mental yeah, that, that you the, he ain't playing everybody don't play basketball just for the money. You wanna play the game. Like it's hard. Like, no, that's what I mean. Your mental meaning you have to be a professional no matter what's happening to you. Shit. 
when you get mad. Everybody, things happen wrong to everybody at work. Everybody. Everybody, not just you, Dion. That's true. Tuck your dick in and, and play basketball. When they call you, suit up. If they don't call you, just, you know, sit there. Get mad, do whatever, but you can't be causing a scene. This is just how it is. And I just think that things go right in L.A. so we don't have to find out if this nigga crazy. We'll see. I'm, I'm hoping that I see a lot of ball. Speaking of, how do you think the Rockets are looking this year? you think this small ball is working? Are you feeling it? Um, I laugh every time I see that James Harden leads the league in three-pointers made, but also three-pointers missed. That shit is incredible and weird. But um, they're taking a lot of shots. They're, they're winning more games since they went small. But do you think that there is an impact to be had in the playoffs in the West? you think that they can cause any problems with this matchup? I mean, yeah, they can cause problems. It's just it's still based on what kind of basketball Russell Westbrook and James Harden gonna play. We already know what they gonna play. Yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah, that's a that's how it matters. Like, mother, they play bad basketball because it's not the small ball that they get caught up. People get caught up on. It's just the the bad basketball part that they play. Like, in my mind, like, say they had that same small ball, that same offense, and you replaced it with, like, LeBron or, or you know, another player who, who mentally is going to approach the game in a different way. Yeah, they, they'll make it, you know, uh, they can make it a whole nother, you know, take it to a whole nother level. But now, we, don't, we don't talk about the East very much. We haven't been on for a while. I want to know if your opinion has turned – uh, on who's coming out of the East. Has anything changed for you? That shit up in the air, man. Toronto playing some good basketball, man. Yeah. Playing, like, they got a whole nother different swagger about they sit. It's personal. I think that the whole league pretty much wrote them off when they lost um, uh, Kawhi. And, and it might just be personal, but I'm like, niggas is sleeping on us. They niggas think we can't hoop. We and only do it because of him. You know, like. Night, they take it personal and they're out there grinding wins out. You know, some of them easy wins, but a lot of them, they, they just got a lot of hustle about them. They're aggressive. They don't quit. Uh, I got to give. Stupid. I got to get a point guard some love. Uh, what's his name? Um, Kyle. A lot of people, you know, I was one of those people that always said Kyle didn't show up when the big moments before Kawhi got there. And when Kawhi was there, there is nothing negative I could say about him last year. He came with it. He did exactly what the fuck was needed. And he was very important in that championship. So I believe in him now. I believe that he can get it done. Well, but that boy, they got squat. And they just be... It's like they find new players. It's like every year another player come up in their system. Like, where the fuck you come from? You see the, the New York, the number 25, Bouche? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bouche, he shoot threes. He catching oops and ducking. I'm like, ah. Oh. It's fun to watch, man. Uh, the Celtics are getting less fun for me to watch. I don't know why. I just get bored watching them. It just seemed like the, the nigga with the bad skin, um, What's his name? Uh, number 36. Smart. He get on my nerves. Dallas, baby. 
you get on my nerves. I don't like watching it. It just takes too many shots. I don't like it. I just feel like they need they need an identity. Everybody's shooting whenever they want to. It's just it's out of hand. And with Philly, you know, with Ben Simmons still not shooting the ball and, and all these questionable things going on in the organization, I don't know how they're going to turn out. It's, and, and then Milwaukee, we see moments where the Greek freak is getting owned. You know, that that whole one dribble and two big steps of the whole niggas is shutting that shit down. Now, you got you to gotta come with a jumper. He going to have to expand his game. And he also, I'm not going to act like Middleton is there every night. He needs somebody consistently helping him. He can't do it by himself. And that's why I don't believe Milwaukee just got a cakewalk either. I feel like it's open. It's wide open for anybody. And then wow. like, Miami looks great on a lot of nights, too. So it's just it's crazy. Who? Miami. Oh, yeah. Miami's good at home. They're good at home. A lot of nights, like, it's just like, damn, like, I really don't. I can't even I can't even guess who's coming out of the East. I'm just going to wait for this, you know, Corona hiatus to be over with and see if they just start the playoffs. This shit is going to be crazy. If they just, boom, 30 days from now, just start the playoffs, because that's essentially when it would have started anyway. Yeah, come on. Boston, Boston and Toronto though, they 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 pose matchups for for uh, for for Milwaukee because that because how they compete defensively, they both Toronto and Boston both compete defensively, and they got and they got balance on offense too. I mean, they're not they're not. I mean, it's, it's not it's gonna be hard to beat Milwaukee, but Toronto, Toronto, Toronto and Boston, they they can they gonna give them a run. They gonna give Milwaukee a run. We just, it just, we don't know what level, what level, Giannis is going to go to. Like we, he, this is the, this is gonna be the, this to me the postseason. He gonna take a lot of people respect, and and, 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 and to me, like this is gonna be it. Well, we got a long time before any sports actually take place. I don't know when we're going to podcast again. I don't know what else we could talk about. I'm going to start doing some interviews. That's what I think I'm going to do. Just start doing interviews with people until the hiatus of sports is over. Um, thank you for always joining us, sister, and um, keeping knowledge. Uh, right. We'll see what the fuck happens. We call each other every night and talk about talk about I give it about two weeks. At they two weeks, thirty days minimum. NBA. You think they're gonna last thirty? Do you think it's really gonna last the whole thirty days? Especially if more people continue to be um, affected with the virus, probably because what you have a fear of. Because people assume, like I heard Bobby saying that professional athletes aren't concerned with the virus, but people assume that an athlete is. Healthy. A lot of these niggas eat bullshit. 24-7, they just happen to be an athlete. And a lot of people have health conditions that they don't even know about because they're not, um, they're not like actually <clears throat> everyday, you know, everyday life type of situation. They're exercising, doing all this stuff. But if you get a virus, sometimes that can trigger all your poor habits inside of you, you know? And so I'm just hoping that the reason that they're taking all these precautions is to protect the players, protect the fans, protect the people that work. It's unfortunate that all these people that need these sporting events to go on to pay their bills are going to be hindered. Shout out Mark Cuban for saying he's going to still pay all the workers and employees that 
are going to be losing money because of this. He that's that's a solid nigga right there. I don't care how dumb he sound or whatever shit he do. Mark Cuban is always he gonna be a solid nigga in my opinion. We got good shit going on down here in Dallas. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I do. But you know, I just want I wanted to uh, just thank you and tell you to stay safe. Make sure you are doing all the right all the right here to. to prevent this. I would hate for somebody to get it to find out if it could kill them because, you know, everybody's like, oh, but you can live with it. Of course you can, but you can also die. And I just don't want anybody to get it to find out that your system is not strong enough to handle this violence. So make sure you're staying safe. You and everybody that's listening as well. Well, All right, my nigga, I'll holler at you. All right, thank you. Much love. All right, you guys, thank you for joining for episode 204 of the Aramico podcast. I know it's been a while and it might be a while before we get into any, you know, real sports talk because of the virus and how all the sports, major sporting sports leagues and even collegiately are shut down. But like I said to Hustle, I think this will be a great opportunity for me to get some interviews in with some of my favorite athletes and entertainers. So I'm going to start reaching out to some people and see if I can still entertain you guys in a different way. Um, as always, make sure you're staying safe. Don't be, you know, crazy, crazy worried, but also be concerned because you don't want to find out that your system is not strong enough to fight this virus. Do your best to not get it. And if you do get it, make sure you stay your ass at home and don't pass it out to everybody else. That's, that's disrespectful, okay? Stay home, keep it in your house, heal yourself medicinally, however you choose to do it. And everybody just, just let's just try to be great to each other. Let's try to be safe. Let's try to listen to the, the facts, the important facts, the people that are speaking the truth. Don't don't listen to the bullshit and, and be, your, be your best, you know? Just be your best citizen and do your best. Don't be looting if they shut the fucking country down. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it, people. And I know it's gonna be hard times and shit's gonna get fucked up, but just be safe and try to make all the best decisions that you can during this pandemic. I'll, I'll holler at you guys another time.
know this right here, man. Yeah, passion fruit, man. Cold law, OG, baby. Close the bag, man. Come on, man. God damn, man. Gas is going up.